And I just trust that he'll do that with us this morning as we continue on our road trip together. So last week, as I ended last week's sermon, I used a phrase called hurry up and wait. And I I believe we may have said we need to hurry up and wait. And that little phrase grabbed my heart and um, I actually prepared on Monday a different sermon and uh, all week was kind of thinking on that particular sermon and we were gonna travel on the road to Damascus with Saul who became Paul and um, we'll probably travel that road next week. So if you wanna get ahead of the game, um, now Donnie, this is not homework, don't get mad at me. We can read, (laughs) Donnie told me after last week, he said, you are not a teacher anymore, don't give me homework. (laughs) So we'll just say this is a suggestion. (laughs) But if you wanna read Acts chapter nine, you can get ahead (laughs) for, for next week. If Donnie didn't give me a hard time, I didn't know, I wouldn't know what to do with myself, but I've started to give him a hard time back too, so we... We have that kind of relationship. But you can read Acts chapter nine and get ahead for next week's trip. Um, But I I was just struggling yesterday and I felt like we ought to just kind of stay right where we were last Sunday. And so when I make that kind of akin to a road trip, sometimes on a road trip, we need to hurry up and wait. Sometimes we need to hurry up and get off of the road and wait right where we are for a certain reason. Do you know what I'm talking about? Sometimes it's because we're tired and we're sleepy. Have you ever been driving and you have been tired (laughs) and sleepy? Can I get a witness in the house? You ever felt like that? Heavy eyes. There's nothing worse. I love to travel. I love to drive. I love to take road trips. I like to just ride around sometimes. But there's nothing worse than driving when your eyes are getting heavy. And you're nodding off. And it's not safe either, is it? So sometimes we just need to hurry up, get off the road and wait until we're more rested. Sometimes there is danger ahead and we just need to get off of the road that we're on. Sometimes it's a construction delay or heavy traffic delay. Now this will not cost you anything extra this morning, but can I just give some good advice to all of you here this morning and those watching online as well. When you find yourself in a good heavy traffic situation and you find yourself in a construction delay, don't waste that opportunity. Get off the interstate, find yourself a good buffet somewhere and sit down and eat and take your time until all that clears up. Can I get a good amen this morning? So don't waste it. But sometimes we just need to get off and wait where we are. Sometimes it's heavy rain or a storm and our windshield wipers are moving as fast as they can move, but visibility is poor and we just really need to get off and wait where we are. I wanna preach to us this morning about the times in which we live our lives right now. And I want to propose to us that we, spiritually speaking, now more than ever, need to hurry up and wait. We need to have what I would call, in the hurry part, a sense of urgency. If we aren't careful as the church, as the people of God, we can become complacent. We can just go through the motions. We can live our lives in the routines and the hassles of the world. But right now, the storm is around us. 
The world is shaking. The foundations, the very foundations of things are shaking. And if there's ever a time that we as the children of God need to hurry up and wait somewhere. What do you mean wait somewhere? Wait until we feel the presence of God in our lives one more time. We desperately need the power and the presence that can only come from the Holy Spirit. We are living in perilous times and dangerous times and loud times. (laughs) Not sure what happened there, but we're okay. We are living in troubled times. We are living in difficult times. We are living in times that maybe, just maybe, sometimes we just think, what is going to happen next? Sometimes we just think maybe as individuals, am I going to survive? More or less just even thrive. Am I going to make it? Can I tell you that we need to wait upon the Lord and allow him to bring us strength and an endowment of power from on high? Look with me to our text today, please. Acts chapter 1, verse Four and five. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart. What is he saying? You need to stay here. Not to depart from Jerusalem, but wait. Everybody say, wait. For the promise of the Father, he's talking about the Holy Spirit right here. The promise of the Father, which you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. There are three takeaways that I take out of just those two little verses. One is this, Jesus didn't suggest to them to go and wait and tarry for the endowment of power, the promise. He commanded them to go. It was not optional to them. It was a command from Jesus himself. And I want to preach to us this morning that I feel like you and I need to get to a place of urgency and conviction in our hearts and in our lives. That it's not optional anymore for us to live our lives outside of the presence and the power of God. We need to make up our mind and realize we cannot And should not try to live in our own strength, in our own abilities, in our own powers. But Jesus has already told us to wait until we are endued with power from on high. It shouldn't be an optional thing in our lives because our help is here. Second takeaway is he taught them. He taught them. He spoke to them many, many times about the coming of the presence of the Holy Spirit. This was not a new thing to them. He had told them that that he would be a guide. The Holy Spirit gives us direction in our lives and shows us how to make decisions, shows us how to live our lives. He told us that he would be an endowment of power, giving us boldness to witness and to, to declare the marvelous works of God, boldness to stand in these days of confidence He had told them that the helper, the Holy Spirit, is our helper. Do you ever feel inadequate? Do you ever look at the task and scratch your head or look at the task in frustration and say, I just cannot do this in myself? 
We face things as individuals that in ourselves we cannot master, in ourselves we cannot do, but the Holy Spirit is our helper. And Jesus has sent him to us. He has taught about him. And thirdly, he promised them. This promise is said, if you will wait, if you will tarry, if you will get there, hurry up, get there, wait, I will pour out the promise upon you. And this promise is not changeable. Do we still believe that we can be baptized in the fullness of the presence of the Holy Spirit? I say yes. Do you say yes this morning? I still believe that as children of God, if we will find a place and tarry, find a place and wait, just you and God, just me and God. How about it this morning? What if we made for this week a divine appointment? What if we said for this week, I am going to schedule time and it's going to be me and it's going to be God and I'm going to wait and I'm going to tarry before him until I know that I know that I know that I have been in his presence one more time. What if we did that? I believe God would honor our waiting. I believe there would be an endowment of his power and his presence to give us victory in our living in these days and in these hours that we live. Something else we need to hurry up and do. We need to hurry up and face reality. Hear me this morning. We need to hurry up and face reality. Reality is as the world as we know it has changed. The world that we know it is under attack. Foundational institutions and foundational beliefs and lifestyles are being shaken and compromised and are at risk. We need to wake up to reality. Now, I don't want us to live in panic. I don't want us to live in fear. I used to be a news junkie. I told them at nine o'clock, Every night I would get in bed and I would turn on the latest news shows for hours as I was going to sleep and watch news program after news program. My poor wife would put everything she could get into her ears so she couldn't hear it and get a device and cover up her face so she couldn't see it. But I watched news after news program after news program. I have found myself lately making a big switch now that we have whatever this TV that she has now, internet TV, and I have left the news programs behind and I've been watching Beverly Hillbillies and Andy Griffith and some guy that has this big hair and these big paintbrushes and he paints and he talks kind of like this real soft. I have made a big switch in what I have been watching because this news cycle can pull us down, can't it? But there is a balance there, isn't it? There's a balance there. I need to get my information and then I need to go on and live my life in victory, amen? I can't put my head in the sand. As much as I would like to live with those clampets at Beverly Hillbillies, as much as I'd like to live in Mayberry, I cannot hide my head in the sand and realize this world around me is changing. I need to get my information. I need to know what's happening. 
And I need to move on from that, but then I need to be able to walk in victory in this world. And I promise us all, Jesus has sent the helper who will help us during these challenging times. The Holy Spirit, even the comforter from God. You see, I need to face that reality of this world, but I also need to face the reality that God still has a promised power, his very spirit, his very power that he wants to put upon you, he wants to put upon me, not just upon us, but even inside of us. You see, Moses, back in the Old Testament, got to see some of the glory of God. Moses got to experience some of the presence of God. But on the day of Pentecost, God began to pour out his full measure of his spirit upon all flesh. And he, he, the Holy Spirit, is for me, but he's for you also. He, the Holy Spirit, is for me, but he is for my children also. He's for your children also, and as many as the Lord God shall call. What do we need to hurry up and do? We need to get our minds and our eyes off of our present circumstances and again get our eyes focused on the power and the presence of God. Sometimes we ask ourselves some tough questions. Sometimes we look at this world around us and we have some tough questions. We might say, will we fail? Will we falter? Will we, as I said last week, will we cower in the corner? Will we run out of resources? Will we lose hope? Will we fall? But child of God, I wanna tell you this morning, the answer to all those questions is no. No, no, no. Why? Because help is here. Look with me at Acts 1.8. Acts 1.8. Here's the help that Jesus has sent to us as believers. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. What happens to us when the Holy Spirit comes in us and upon us, he gives us power. As a Christian, as an individual, he gives us power to speak and to act in ways that are not typically possible for us. I wanna say that again. I want us to grab that thought before I go to the next point. The Holy Spirit gives us ability. Let me say it this way, that is beyond ourselves. We can never forget that. We can never forget that. He gives us intelligence that's beyond ourselves. He gives us wisdom beyond ourselves. He gives us power and ability beyond ourselves. He gives us problem-solving ability beyond ourselves. He gives us witnessing ability beyond ourselves. The Holy Spirit desires to help us. And I urge us this morning to hurry up and wait. What is one of our waiting points? One of our waiting points is this. Look at chapter two, verse one. It's unity, unity. As we're waiting, we must have unity. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, in one accord with one place. Unity, 
unity of a mindset, unity of a purpose, unity of love for each other. There aren't many things that are more valuable in a church than unity. And may we do everything that we can to guard unity. Can I get an amen this morning? May it be said of the Nortonsville Church of God that those are a people who love each other and love us and love God. Unity. May it be said when they talk about this church that they would say, you know what? If we go there, we know that we will be loved because there's love and there's unity. May it also be said of this church that when we go there, we will know that we'll hear the word of God spoken and taught in love and the full truth. May it be said of this church that when we go to that church, we know that God's presence is there. God is moving. God is active in the church and in the lives of the people. They were all in one accord and in one place. Unity. May there be unity in our church house. May there be unity in your house. May there be unity in our families. May there be unity in our marriages. May there be unity in our friendships. And as the old song said, bind us together, Lord, with cords that cannot be broken. Unity, love. On the day of Pentecost, they were in one accord. They were unified. They were in one place. And God sent his power. God sent his presence and they fulfilled their potentials. We need unity in love for each other now more than ever. Do you know that Satan is jumping up and down with glee as he looks at our world today, as he looks at our society today, as he sees the divisions and the isolations and the separations that are happening all around the world? He loves that because the devil wants to isolate us. He wants to separate us. He wants to pull us apart from each other, but God wants to bring us together. There should be unity and love for God's word, a unified love for sound doctrine. We need to believe everything that Jesus said. Can I just preach this morning to all of us in here and to all of us online What God has said, God has said, and God means it. Every part of the book, every chapter, from the Genesis to the Revelation, everything that God has put in his infallible, unchanging word, I believe it. Do you believe it this morning? I don't want to compromise it. I don't want to deviate from it in a day and in an hour where it seems that many, many, many people are saying, well, that part of the scripture is not true anymore. Or this part of the scripture isn't true anymore. But let God's word be true and every man a liar. We need a unified love for God's word. A unified conviction knowing that God inspired this Bible. And what is written here can take us to heaven if we'll follow. What is written here can guide our lives if we'll follow it. And one final point on unity, we need unity in the gospel message. What is the gospel message? There is one Savior, Jesus Christ. 
There is no other way to God but Jesus Christ. He is the way, he is the truth, he is the life. But here's the nice unifying part. He said, whosoever will, let him come. We have a gospel that is good news for everyone and may we present it with the power of the Holy Spirit. Here's another waiting point. Here's something else that we need to hear. We need a sound from heaven. We need to hear again a sound from heaven. What are some of the sounds that we hear today? I hear a lot of deliberating today. I hear a lot of debating today. I hear a lot of doubting today. But one more time, we need to hear a sound from heaven that is declaring what God says, declaring God's word. What are some of the sounds of today? I hear a lot of defaming of people, a lot of discriminating against people, a lot of destroying people and tearing them down. But the sound from heaven is more of God declaring that every single one of us is fearfully and wonderfully made in the image and in the likeness of God. What if we started declaring that again? What if we started declaring that in our society again, that you and I and every one, we have been created by a loving God, fearfully, wonderfully, He created us. The Bible said in the Psalms, in the dark places, as he formed our substance. Jeremiah, he said, I knew you in your mother's womb. In Genesis, he talks about how he created them. Get this, male and female. He created them. Do you know there is a movement in our land to end gender? But even basic biology will show us that there are males and females. Even the animal kingdom understands that there are males and there are females. And again, we need to get back in this book and begin to declare to these people, to all people, that God created you, especially you. You were born the way that God created you. You were fearfully and wonderfully made by God in the image and the likeness of God. Don't change who God has created you to be. But there's a destroying sound in our land and it's destroying people's lives. This lies of the enemy. What else? There's diluting and there's compromising when we need to be hearing the word of truth and the word of God. What do we need, church? We need to hear a sound from heaven. We're gonna read here verse two, three, and four. And what we're going to see as we read this is not something that was manufactured by a man or a woman. It was not something that was strategized or planned or executed by any human man, but it was originated by God the Father. And I believe one more time in our churches and in our lives and our families, we need a sound from heaven that is not created by us, but it's brought about by God. Look at verse 2, chapter 2. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire. And it set upon each of them, or cloven tongues as of fire. And it set upon each of them. And they were all filled. Somebody say filled. 
They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. We need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We need the power from on high. And you may look at me and you may say, Pastor, I have had a powerful encounter with the Holy Spirit. You might say to me, Pastor, I have found myself in an altar somewhere, maybe at youth camp one year, maybe in a revival service, maybe at camp meeting, maybe right around these altars. And you might say, Pastor Greg, I have found myself in a powerful encounter with the Holy Spirit. That's good. That's great. But what about now? What about today? I feel like we have erred in some ways in our movement because we have emphasized over the years having a one-time encounter with the Holy Spirit and we check that off our list and then we move on with our lives. But how long has it been since you have sat in the presence and in the power of the Holy Spirit? How long has it been since I have waited for the endowment of power again to be filled and refilled by his power and by his presence? If I continue to drive my vehicle and drive my vehicle and drive my vehicle, and maybe I've done this before, and not put any gas in it, eventually I'm gonna come to a stop Happened at me at Martha Jefferson Hospital one day, right there at the intersection going to do the Lord's work. I didn't have any gas. <laughs> and when I stopped right there at State Farm, I stopped. And I stopped some more. And I stopped some more. And I did not move. I was out of gas. How much more so in our spiritual lives do we need to be filled and refilled with the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit? We need to hurry up and wait. What do we need? Finally, here's what, what, we, what we need to happen. We need to wait for the fire and wait for the wind. The wind of the Spirit to blow up under our sails again and propel us on. The wind of the Spirit to give us strength in our hearts and in our lives again. Just as I see in Genesis chapter 2 and verse 7 where God made man and he breathed the breath of life. That wind and man became a living soul. Just as I see even before that. When darkness covered the face of the deep and things had not even been created and the Bible said the Spirit of God moved upon the waters and creation began to come forth and God began to speak. We need the breath and the wind of the Holy Spirit to breathe upon us again. Why do we not want the wind sometimes? Can I naturally speaking tell you why I don't want the wind sometimes? Because sometimes... I have this hair, or hair, <laughs> all fixed. 
And it takes a long time to get this looking like this. <laughs> and I pull up at Walmart and I get out of my car and the wind is blowing and my hair begins to blow and it gets messed up and it goes places where I don't want it to go. And then I'm trying to comb my hair with my hands. Have you ever been there? That's why we don't want the wind sometimes. Because sometimes the wind of the Holy Spirit, let me preach right here, will start blowing in our lives and it'll start moving some things around that we don't want moved around. The wind of the Holy Spirit will blow some things out of our lives and blow some things in our lives and will change some things in our lives. And sometimes we resist the moving of the Holy Spirit and the wind of the Spirit blowing in our lives because we don't want to change. But I say, God, let your wind blow in my heart one more time and blow out the things that don't need to be there. Blow out the litter and the trash as I see it. As just you've seen them blowing down a, a, a highway, the, the trash. Blow it out. Blow it out. And blow in. Breathe in your power and your presence. I could say it this way. God, perform upon us again a spiritual CPR where you blow your breath of life, your power, your Holy Spirit in us again and revive us again. The wind and then the fire. They had the sound from heaven. They had the mighty rushing wind. The fire came and set up on each of them and that fire was a symbol of the presence of God. And I say, Lord, one more time, send your power through the fire into our lives. What will Holy Ghost fire do? Holy Ghost fire will purify us. Purify us. Do you know as Christians, God has called us to be different? As Christians, God has called us to live differently. Let me just say it bluntly and biblically. As Christians, God is calling us to live holy. Now, that'd been a good time to say amen. amen. Holy God, let your Holy Spirit fire burn in our hearts and in our lives again so that you'll burn out the ugliness, that you'll burn out the sin, that you'll burn out the compromise, that you'll burn away those things that should not be in our hearts and in our lives and then let your power burn within us. Would you stand with me this morning? So the conclusion of the matter is this. We need to hurry up and we need to wait. We need to hurry up and we need to wait. We need to wait for the power from heaven. We need to wait to hear the sounds of heaven. We need to wait to feel the wind of heaven. We need to wait for the fire of heaven. We need to wait until the Holy Spirit makes himself evident in our hearts and in our lives again. They're gonna sing one final song, but before then, we're gonna to pray together. Here's what I want us to pray. And here's what I'm asking you to do. I asked the nine o'clock service to do this same thing. I want us to not just listen to this sermon this morning and then just move on with life, but I wanna ask you from the sincerity of my heart, I want you to pick a time this week. 
I want you to set an appointment. I'm asking you to do this. Set an appointment with you and with God. No social media, no other person, no television, no distractions, no books. Ever how you figure out how you can do it. But I want you to set a time this week, an appointment with you and God. And I want us to pray. And I want us to wait before God. And I don't want us to leave that time until we know that we know. You remember the old timers used to say, I know that I know that I know. Do you remember that? I know that I know that I know. Now we're kind of like, well, maybe, well, maybe, well, maybe. (laughs) I want us to find some time with God. And I don't want us to leave that time with God until we can say, I know that I know that I know that I've been in his presence one more time. Is that all right this morning? Is that okay this morning? I want us to hurry up and wait. I believe, I believe it with all my heart that if you and if I will take some time this week and just linger with God and give him time, give him time, plenty of time, carve it out, clear the calendar, cancel something, whatever it might need to do, clear out that time. I believe we can leave stronger in his presence and empowered by the Holy Spirit. Let's pray together this morning. Lord, we just thank you for each one that has come out to worship you both at nine o'clock and online and here at 11 o'clock. And Lord, would you create a hunger and a thirst in our hearts and in our lives for more of you, more of your presence, more of your power, because Lord, we need you. We desperately need you. The challenges are too great. The world is too uncertain. God, we need you. Like never before, we need you. Our children and grandchildren, they need you. And they need to see us as shining examples. And so God, would you touch our hearts and would you help us that as we leave here today, maybe as we're walking out of this building, maybe as we're pulling off of the grounds to make up our mind of a place and of a time and that we're gonna wait as an individual before you and we're going to say Lord here I am it's me oh Lord I want to wait before you I want to pray I want to seek you and I don't want to leave until I know that I have had an upper room experience with you I don't want to leave until I know that you have done something in my heart and in my life something that I can go back and add value to my children and grandchildren with. Something that I can go back and add value to this world around me with. Something that I can go back and add value to the church that I attend. God, help us to wait and tarry and be endued one more time with your power and with your presence. Stir us today, Holy Spirit. Stir us, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name.